They didn't realize we were seeds. They didn't realize you were seeds. They open doors so others can walk through them. Your legacy is every life you have ever touched. I'm Stella Sagliari, and this is Soul the Podcast. Welcome to Solve the Podcast. Thank you so much, everybody, for tuning in. My guest today is Miriam Timas, an HR professional and coach, but also my friend. Miriam is a true people's person who values honesty and bringing healing to others. She's comforting and warm, genuine, connected to nature, and keen on learning and evolving. In this episode, we speak about Miriam's journey towards finding herself and going back to her core. We speak about conditioning and how to break harmful patterns that we have internalized for way too long. We also talk about transformation, medium's coaching practice, the difference between pain and suffering, the butterfly, and many other things. Enjoy this episode, beautiful people. Welcome, Miria, to SALT. I'm so happy that you are here with us today, and I'm looking forward to speaking with you. Thank you, Stella. It's a big pleasure being here. Nice. Thanks a lot. Yes. So let's start to hear a little bit about yourself. Tell us a little bit about you. Who is Miriam? Well, um, Miriam is a 47-year-old uh, Cape Verdean. I mean, my roots uh, are within uh, Cape Verde. My parents are both from there. I was born in Portugal and uh, I lived there for five years until my father was offered a job in the Netherlands. So we all moved to Amsterdam. Uh, that's me, my father, my mother, and my older brother. And uh, yeah, I still live here uh, in Amsterdam. I must say that uh, this is where I feel home. This city has really, uh, yeah, a connection with me. And I live here with my uh, uh, adult son, Justin, who's 20 years uh, uh, old. And um, yeah, if I look back at uh, who I am, Well, my parents never really stimulated me to study. So I started working pretty early in life when I was 17 years old. And uh, at age 22, HR uh, actually crossed my path as a coincidence. Uh, but I knew right away that this would be my focus for the long run because uh, I felt that this was a department where I could really connect with people. Um, and I was lucky because I always got the opportunity to develop myself uh, within uh, HR. And at 2016, I was proud to get my bachelor as a coach. And um, yeah, although the coaching aspect was something that I could use within uh, my uh, profession as HR, uh, it would always be connected to, to work. And uh, my, uh, yeah. I was more interested in connecting with uh, individual human beings behind their profession. So uh, that is also the reason why this year I decided to make myself visible as a personal coach. And I started uh, Mir Yourself Zijn, which means being more yourself. Uh, and it's all about finding the answer in your core, your true self. I believe that Yeah, that there is a lot to be found in this uh, magic spot that we all carry with us. In my spare time, I like practicing yoga. I love hiking in nature. I like to read, listen to music, go out to dance, and I like to cook. 
I love a good meal and some good wine. I even uh, yeah, am part of a cooking group with some good friends, which we choose a team and then we, yeah, we cook together and we enjoy the meal together. Well, that's in a nutshell who yes. I am. Thank you for this beautiful introduction. Yes, you said transformation. The most beautiful that you can become is yourself. The voyage of discovery to my core has taken years. I lived according to learned patterns and expectations, but not according to my own truth. In addition, I was mainly concerned with externalizing my needs and discomforts. If I have learned anything during this period, it is that you are responsible for change. You often have no influence on events, but you can choose how you deal with them. However, this will not come naturally and will prove challenging. Logical, because years of programming and limiting beliefs are not something you simply bend. Can you elaborate on that and take us on, on your own journey to this? Yes, this has indeed been a journey because, uh, yeah, as I said in my introduction, uh, my parents were not too focused uh, on education uh, because they, yeah, they, came, they come from a religious background and they simply had other priorities. So for them, uh, yeah, it was important to serve God at all times and to live to certain uh, expectations and rules. Um, yeah, and they always told me, if you don't live up to these expectations and rules, you suffer the consequences. So, yeah, I decided to break free from that at age 19. But it also became clear to me that uh, love was conditioned, at least. I was programmed to believe this at that moment. Yeah, because for me, it was very clear that you either live your life as expected uh, or you are no longer accepted. So that programming was there, especially my father. He really uh, couldn't deal with me choosing my own path and took a step back from me as his daughter. He, yeah, he told me that he could not be my father uh, if I chose my own path. And I believe he did that with, yeah, with a plan. His plan was, I think, to win me back. But uh, yeah, unfortunately, he died six months after that. So we, yeah, I never got to know. But it was my first experience in dealing with consequences when you choose to do things your own way. Uh, I got married and uh, yeah, after 15 years, uh, 15, sorry, 15, uh, I also decided that, um, yeah, I needed to choose my own path for my own well-being. So I got a divorce. And this was also a moment in life that yeah, I was even told that I could not make it on my own. And this was a moment that I feel I really needed some guidance. So this was my first experience with getting a coach to also yeah, learn to understand who I was and why there was so much question mark about making on my own. It made me feel pretty insecure. Uh, and actually, this coach was the one who told me that to be prepared, because once you choose to be yourself, you will lose people. This was actually what was said to me. And, uh, and she was right. I did. I lost some friendships because they made me responsible for their pain. And I felt that this deep-rooted pain of losing someone you love because you choose to be yourself came back to the surface. Um, and so my first reaction was to run away from this, from this pain. And I did this mostly by anesthetizing myself. I had a huge social network. So for me, it was easy. I could just focus on this social 
network and go out and uh, be away from myself and not deal with the pain. Yeah, but another yeah fun factor was that this guilt of not living according to the religious rules, uh, although I had uh, chosen to abandon that, it was always there to remind me that uh, I was not worth it. So everything that I was doing was wrong. So in my path of yeah working for HR, so in 2016, when I start, decided to do this uh, coaching, I was not at all prepared for what was coming because, yeah, I, I, was, I was doing this training to be focusing on my uh, communication skills to help others within, uh, within a company. But actually, this was the start of the journey back to myself because this whole training was about me. It was the start, actually, of a pretty long journey because, of course, after the training, the journey went on. Uh, but it was the start for me to uh, understand the answers of healing, uh, all the pain and struggles that I had in life. And I learned that it can all be found within you, not by blaming others, but by focusing on what is happening at that moment in your core self. So my journey has been really amazing ever since it led me to become self-aware and conscious of all the triggers, actually, that was causing me to distance myself from who I wanted to be, which was simple. I just wanted to be myself. So for me, the biggest gift in life is taking the time to reconnect with yourself. And this was my, actually my first motivation to start uh, Mir Yourself Zijn, because uh, I really felt that I could be of some support to others. That, that are ready to reconnect with their true self. I yes. hope that answers a bit of your question. Totally. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. And as you said, like part of this transformation journey led you eventually to start sein, being more yourself, to become a coach, to finally work as a coach, not just to see it as a tool within HR to help the company, but also to take it more on a personal level. And you're also a walking coach. Mm -hmm. And that was something that I had never heard about before. So when you actually do your coaching, you take people to the forest here in Amsterdam and you walk with them in the nature. And that's where the coaching happens. So can you tell us a little bit more about this? Well, actually, I did it myself. So in 2012, one, uh, right after my divorce uh, that I told you that I felt the urge to also get some help to understand more about myself. Uh, I had a walking coach. This was also uh, something that was suggested to me. And it had a very positive impact on me uh, because being outside, not being confronted with direct eye contact, the sounds of nature, there were so many factors that led me to talk, to feel and to share. So after finalizing my own degree in coaching, I knew that one day, If I would choose to be a coach, it would be in nature. Yeah, I believe that being surrounded by nature already creates so much health benefits. Uh, so what better way to start your journey than by literally walking the path back to yourself? So, um, yeah, so for me, it was pretty clear that uh, this was the way I wanted uh, to coach. And uh, yeah, if you look at what 
uh, aspects do I touch on uh, when walking with my coaches? It's, uh, of course, I feel that because of your personal experience, uh, yeah, yeah, I think sometimes when you live it, it's easier also to help others to overcome certain um, aspects. So uh, my focus on is on preventing burnouts. Uh, of course, this is also a bit professional related because I see a lot of times that people are almost there, but don't act on it. And there's so much to be gained before that. So, um, yeah, my focus is when people feel that they're almost uh, or they're at the end of their uh, reach that they can do something about it. So to prevent a burnout, um, but also getting in touch with yourself after a life-changing event, which can be a breakup or a divorce, because a lot of times we identify ourselves to a certain relation uh, or something that is in our life. We tend to feel attachment to things. And then when that disappears, you kind of lose grip with yourself. But also because of myself, I think it's very important sometimes to learn to, um, yeah, to also try to understand what is my programming. Uh, I have a conditioned past. What is that causing me that I cannot be in touch with uh, with my true self? Because a programming is a pretty deep-rooted thing in your system. So if you want to get in touch with your core, it's very important to understand those programming first uh, before you start that journey back to yourself. So this is also something that I offer within uh, my uh, coaching. But of course, there are a lot of teams uh, that I focus on based on, yeah, the needs of uh, of my coachee and sometimes yes. in nature something <clears throat> just pops up because that's also what nature does it helps you also to open up maybe about a bit more than you were intending to so that's what i love about being outside just the fact being outside or listening to music for me it's these two things music or being outside walking or just sitting yeah. Somewhere at the beach or on the balcony or on a bench makes such a big difference. It's like we were made to to yeah. be outside and to be yeah. connected. And you say music, but also the sounds of the leaves or even the rain and the birds singing. Yeah, it's the sound also that helps you to uh, yeah to get more in ease with uh, whatever is bothering you at that moment. Yes, you're right. True. Yeah. Yeah. Music. Yes. The, yeah. the music, the natural music, right? And I like that you, that your own journey has created all these different connections and that you took everything together and created this, this beautiful, yeah, this, this beautiful uh, coaching uh, Thank you. program. But um, Miriam, you've also been through a lot of emotional pain. You, you shared quite some of the things that you went through with us. And the other day I saw that you posted on your Instagram, we can take pain, but why does it often feel so unbearable? This only becomes the case when we choose to bury the pain in our body or identify ourselves with it. Then the so-called suffering begins and we are not made for that with all the consequences that it entails. Suffering makes us over time sick and we go from living to surviving. This is a very deep statement and I could really identify with it. And I would like you to elaborate on this and, and share a little bit your personal story. Yeah. And this is indeed, again, linked to what I've experienced myself because for ages, because I didn't want to uh, deal with the pain, as I mentioned, I was always running away from it as soon as I felt it. Uh, but at the end, the pain would never disappear. It was always there. And um 
and actually I make the my yeah my path to healing uh was longer because uh it led me to suffer so instead of uh, dealing with the pain I met my I made my uh yeah my path longer by suffering for so long and uh yeah as i said in my uh instagram post uh, as human beings we are capable of enduring pain and it's not easy but we can handle it uh, however when we choose not to deal with the pain we will create a big gap to to healing and this is um and this is what causes you to relive the pain over and over again but actually pain is a sign that is telling us that something needs attention and that is not only the case for physical pain because usually with physical pain we are there to take care of it uh, but with emotional pain, it's also giving us a warning that uh, attention is needed. And when we choose to neglect this, the pain will be yeah, buried in our physical body. And this is when you suffer the consequences. Uh, yeah, Think about burnout, depression, anxiety. So uh, yeah, instead of putting yourself in the position that you feel you are trying to survive each day, by neglecting this pain, I think it's better that you choose to face the pain and start living your life again. Because yes, it will hurt and you will go through a process. But then you can recognize the pain, take care of it, and then move on instead of going back constantly and reliving it. And I understand that it's easier said than done. Because although we are capable of enduring this pain, our mind will reject anything that has to do with change because uh yeah change costs a lot of energy and our reptile brain the part that always reacts uh, instinctively uh, wants to save this energy because that part of the brain is built to only be active if you, they feel that there is uh, something life-threatening going on uh, so it will show a lot of resistance but fortunately we have a bigger part of our brain our intellect also called the human brain which we, uh, and with that part we can achieve a lot through effort but the effort will feel as discomfort so the distance um so to distance ourselves from the hard work we choose to identify identify ourselves with the pain and try to put the blame on others because that makes it so much easier than turning inwards and because going inward will cause a lot of uh, will cost a lot of yeah effort. So in my case, to uh, make it personal, for me it was blaming my father, making myself the victim, uh, and stay as far away from the pain by uh, looking for distraction. For me, it was going out and partying and uh, yeah, and and being away from uh, yeah from dealing with the pain. So for the outside world, I was fun, but inside I felt zero connection yeah so imagine what do you choose at the end yes and I don't know if I can share this but I remember when uh, when we met that at one point you were having like different health issues and mm -hmm. yeah d different things and you started uh, addressing them by going to a specialist by seeing a coach and then you stopped mm -hmm. and and I remembered the excitement that when you told me, oh, I'm going to go there to address this health issue and I'm going to see a coach and I'm going to do this. And then after, I don't know, a month, let's say, you stopped. And I yeah. was like, okay, what is this now? I was a little <laughs> bit, not disappointed, but I was sad, you know? Yeah. And I remember that um, after a while we had a conversation and then you explained it also to me. Yeah, I, I will start something to make a change. 
And then I will stop the moment I feel a little bit better and go back to my old patterns. Mm -hmm. And then it took you some time and then you really started addressing everything. And I've seen this transformation that we talked a little bit about today that at one point it made a click and you really started doing so many things. And you started, like even today I talked to you, how was your weekend? Oh, yesterday I did this uh, transformation training about breathing, about cleaning yourself. And you are constantly doing things to address your issues, doing trainings, going out into nature, eating healthier. Yeah. And it's so beautiful to see this change. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. And you spend so much time with yourself and you're content. Yeah. Like, because now I know how yeah. it feels to be in touch with that yeah. core. And this is also my whole uh, inspiration of starting Mary Self Sign because the effort, and I think that's why you saw me start and stop, is because when you start and something feels good, you think I'm there. Yeah. And then you start you start dealing with, uh, no, you're not there. You need to go a little bit on a deeper layer. And this was also always my uh, fight with myself because I felt it was good. But uh, yeah, my reptile brain was really taking over and was telling me like, uh, no, it's uh, it's enough. And it was never because you really need to put effort in it and energy and time. And once I got to this place, yeah, then it, it's not only for me. But when once you deal with the pain and you come to a certain point, th- that's where, yeah, you feel that you open up and then you cannot stop. <laughs> and this is actually where you see me today is, uh, yeah, I'm a sponge. I like to, to experience things. I like to learn because I also know that even if it's not easy, that for me is a sign not easy, is a sign that you're getting somewhere. It's actually your body telling you, okay, this is a process, something is happening. And if you continue this, you will get to a better place. So, um, yes. So, yes. Yeah. You, you saw me going through yes. that. Yes. Uh, and yeah. it has been beautiful to watch. Yeah. Beautiful. And also, maybe sometimes we as people, we want to have a quick fix, right? What you said. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I went two times to a coach. I felt better. I thought I'm there. But no, we are not there. Some things take time. But also to accept maybe that it's not a linear journey. You know, there will be throwbacks. There will be moments maybe where you get Mm. up again, where you feel like, no, this doesn't work for me. And this is also something um, to embrace. Yeah. And maybe also because the the change that I've uh, seen in you, of course, was, was inward. You changed many things, but also on the outside. For instance, your hair. I don't know if you want to share this with the audience. Yeah, yeah funny but, that you started uh, about it. Yes, yeah. I would like to, to. Yeah, it just came to my mind because it was such a big thing also in, in your transformation. When I met yeah. you, your hair was different. Yeah. And now yeah. your hair is different from when I met yeah. you. So maybe you want to that talk is, about that as well. That is also Mary Zell sign. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that, this is also something that I was programmed to, to believe that yeah, your coarse hair is not something that is beautiful. So um, yeah, my mom is fantastic and she is all about looking good. And she always, yeah, she started really young also because this is what was told to her. So I was always uh, relaxing my hair and making it look so European possible and straighted. And uh, uh, even my curls, I have natural curls, but it was always with uh, chemical treatment. So the curls would not be as thick as they are today and um, yeah actually it makes me smile because I always think about what you said to me and even when I was um, 
working on this all because now yeah i pull it back a lot of times because making your curls uh look beautiful and natural it takes a little bit of time and effort and uh, so for me it's always easy to pull it back which i also like and uh, to be honest i am already so proud that i stopped this chemical treatment that yeah that when i started uh, this mary zelsan and i put myself visible also by uh, creating a, a website i remember that you told me uh, if you're going to take a picture don't pull it back because uh, you need to show your natural curls and uh, yes i'm pretty uh, proud now to say that uh, i have my natural curl curls and this is part of who i am my roots and uh, Actually, I love it now, but uh, yeah, it also took some time for me to accept this and get rid of the old programming uh, that was, uh, yeah, deep-rooted. Yes, and you look beautiful. Thank <laughs> you. Thank you, Stella. And maybe here I want to add one more thing before we go to the next question, that a lot of the things that we go through, they're not just individual things or based on individual programming or just based let's say on the family that we grew up but we are also surrounded by systems mm -hmm. and these systems also program us to believe certain things and mm -hmm. in, in your case if we look at the hair it's racism it's the the fact that a lot of women of color believe that their hair is ugly that they're not beautiful that they need to straighten their hair destroy it with chemicals mm -hmm. so this also causes a lot of negative programming mm -hmm. and it's really it's not just I mean just in, in, in brackets an individual statement but by you doing this you are showing black women are beautiful and our hair is beautiful so you're really in my opinion also going against a system that for yeah. so many centuries or hundreds of years has taught women that you need to look sure. like the white woman so yeah yeah Yeah, well, actually, before I started my own hair journey, I was also reading about uh, actresses, known Suriname actresses in the Netherlands, that now spoke up about the time that they were trying to get a role and they were told to straight their hair, otherwise they wouldn't get the role. And that for me was like, wow, you know, I was doing it for my personal, but there were also women who, to get ahead in their career, had to do things that were not uh yeah linked to who they really are so you're right it is a big much bigger statement than uh, than a personal one yeah goes uh deeper than that yeah true true yes so i'm glad to be making that statement now with yes, my natural me curls. too <laughs> <laughs> and miriam you're a big fan of the butterfly it's also part of your logo but uh what does the butterfly mean to you Well, the butterfly for me is a reminder for how lucky we are as human beings because, you know, the butterfly just gets one chance in life to transform itself, right? So we as human beings are giving the, this choice so many times in life. Think about that. We take matters into our own hands and we can do that by making a change, even after we fail to do so several times. Uh, and that's why I love to always look at the butterfly and think, wow. You did it and you had to do it in one transformation. And we get this opportunity so many times. So I knew that this would be my logo as in transformation. Let's be, uh, yeah, let's consider ourselves as lucky human beings to always yes. have this chance. And that's why I quote, quote Rumi on my website. He says that we were born with wings. Why prefer to crawl through life? 
Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, this is my uh, attachment to uh, the butterfly. Yes, yeah. yes, beautiful. If, if I can add uh, mine, and I'm a little bit still preaching to myself on this one, because also if we look at the butterfly, before it becomes a butterfly, it goes into the cocoon, right? It stays there for a while. But it's also, for me, the cocoon also represents a period of rest because mm-hmm. we live in a society that tells us all the time, produce, produce in this capitalist way of producing, you know, mm-hmm. move, go, you need to grow, get a promotion, do this, do that. And we rarely rest, or at least I don't rest much. Um, and <laughs> this is also a form of, of rebelling and saying, no, I'm not going to um, be part of this constant move, 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 more, mm-hmm. more, 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 you know. And that's why I love this the, the butterfly, this idea of the cocoon, that sometimes, True. not sometimes, always rest is important. And when yeah. we rest, that's often when the transformation happens. That's when we become more creative. That's when we become more productive, but not in the, in the capitalist sense of productive. Because we create also some space in our brain and we create yeah. moments of reflection. Yeah. And yeah, and this is why I love the, the butterfly. Yeah, and actually I also, yeah, the cocoon. Yeah, I elaborate on one of my Instagram posts about this because, uh, yeah, you know, I also, uh, I am a big believer of meditation and, and stillness because I believe that in the stillness mm-hmm. is where you, uh, yeah, you get in touch with yourself. So the cocoon is indeed a very nice representation of uh that uh, it's it's part of the transformation that is needed. So also with mirror yourself sign to get to that core, you need to also find this place of uh, stillness and also listen to what is really happening inside. And you can only do that by uh, taking a step back and not and getting out of that rush. I was always in that rush. I was always like going out and looking for things outside, but that led me just to be more. Uh, distance from myself so yeah i'm i'm very happy that you mentioned this um, uh, very core point of the butterfly the cocoon moment because uh, this is uh, a must yes yes absolutely yeah and miriam i want you to share a book with us that had an impact on you and you wish others would read as well and to tell us why well, I'm going to have to say Conversations with God by Neil Donald Walsh. Uh, this was a, a book that was tipped to me by a very good friend. Uh, and actually, this book was really the yeah the book that helped me to break free from my programming that God causes fear. Yeah, as I told you in the beginning, there was a lot of programming around the whole religious uh, part and that I had broken free from but was still there. For years, I thought that this religious background restricted me to enjoy life to the fullest. And although for me, God today has another meaning, this book helped me to understand that love is not about being part of a certain group and that you have uh, that you are chosen as the good one. Love is so much bigger than our minds can understand. So after finishing this book, I could let go of all the guilt and deprogram myself from believing that punishment comes from God. Uh, Yeah, today I'm a big believer that judgment and punishment was created by human beings and has nothing to do with love. So uh, yeah, this book I would recommend to anybody who thinks that yeah, behind this beautiful, yeah, somebody, people call it God, others call it energy, the power, the force, it doesn't matter. But for me, this book 
led me really to understand that this whole power around uh, yeah, God is love. And that love is, yeah, actually what set me free for a lot of things. But uh, yeah, this book is a big recommendation. I really loved it. Beautiful. I just want to add one sentence, if that's okay for the audience. <clears throat> you mentioned it already that you grew up with, yeah, in a very strict environment with, yeah, very dogmatic, actually. Mm -hmm. And I want people to understand that this was really all your life and that it was really difficult for you to break out of this. It was a really, really courageous step that you took because this was your world. And also as a child, you, you suffered also a lot. You were also made fun of by your schoolmates. Sometimes you mm -hmm. couldn't meet with other children. So I just want the audience to understand that you grew up in this really also judgmental environment. And for you taking this step, And realizing all these things and even the way you speak about it. Yeah, I just want to salute you and, and on the reflections that you've made and and yeah, and, and that you did all this. I, I just want to say it and even what you just shared, it's it's really beautiful with, with this book. Thanks, yes. Stella. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I also want to emphasize that um uh, yeah, as a child, everything that uh, your parents teach you. And this is something that I've learned from also somebody you know, Stama, who has also been a very big uh, help in my journey, is that everything that comes from your parents is the truth. So for me, that was indeed like you just described. It was my world. It was my truth. And to break free from that, of course, I decided 19, I'm going to break free from that. But that was actually only the beginning. The deep-rooted programming takes much longer uh, to get away out of your system because it's something that was there uh, planted as uh, as the truth yeah <laughs> and Miriam who has been your soul who inspired you well I think we already had this little conversation when you had your first year anniversary um, yeah for me uh, um, my salt like I just said it a couple of times is love Uh, Self-love is what led me to understand more about connecting with others. So, um, yeah, it made me see even more clear all the love that I'm surrounded with. So from amazing friends to the love of my amazing, strong mother, who I have to mention in this podcast because uh, I've learned a lot from her, but also my fantastic brother that has shown me what unconditional love actually is. And uh, yeah, my son, that has shown me what unconditional love feels like. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and Miriam, to whom do you want to pass the salt and what do you want to say to them? Well, for me, the salt goes to uh, a bit connected to what I'm doing right now, Mary Zelfsheim. So I want to pass the salt to anybody who is struggling with uh, self-worth. Uh, I would like to say to them that the answers that you need uh, are very close. Just listen to your core instinct and yeah, take the time to date yourself for a while because uh, yeah, I believe you're worth connecting to. Yes. Thank you. Thank so, you. So thank you for answering all my questions. And now you can ask me a question. Yay. <laughs> That's the favorite part of this podcast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> well, uh, well, I'll keep the question a bit related to the topic we talked today. Um, uh, and of course, I know that you are very true to yourself, Stella. I really admire what you're doing. This podcast is, of course, the living proof of it. 
you stand for what you believe in. I really admire that. Thank you. But um, if you look back uh, at your life, what was for you your programming that led you to lose touch with yourself at a certain moment in life? That's a very big question. <laughs> yes, it's a big topic. <laughs> <laughs> it's a great question, but it's a big question. And um, yeah, I could, of course, talk forever about it. I will try to, yeah, to keep it simple and short, I hope. Yeah, I think I lost touch with myself for a very, very long time. And um, this podcast is also part of my own healing journey. Um, a friend of mine pointed it out the other day. I knew it, but it's different when other people see something and put it in words. So she was saying, actually, by the guests that you're inviting, by the topics that you're sharing, by the things you're posting, you are also sharing with us your own healing journey, like your own trauma, because it's reflected through the topics that you're addressing and the people that you're inviting. And for me, uh, losing touch with myself started in puberty. I had a really, really difficult um, puberty And um, th there were different reasons for it. One thing was growing up in a shaming culture, um, this, this idea of shame, con being condemned and condemning yourself um, and feeling that you are not good enough or that you're too much. I always felt either I'm not good enough or I'm too much because on the one hand, I was very outspoken, very rebellious, very smart in the school, asking always a lot of questions to the teachers, doubting things being critical. So then I always felt that people thought, oh, she's too much or not enough. And the not enough was related to many things. One of them um, being related to being an immigrant child in Germany, growing up in a very, yeah, in, in the suburbs where everybody was white German and, and experiencing this racism. That this was a very traumatic experience for me at a very young age, not understanding it. Like, why do I not belong? Why am I made to feel different? Yeah. And then being a woman, being outspoken. And then, of course, also experiencing certain things at a very young age that I didn't know how to process them. Uh, yeah. How to name them. So the combination of all these things made me really lose touch with myself for a really, really long time. I felt restless, uncomfortable uh, in my surroundings. Uh, to one point, all this uh, turned into me wanting to prove myself. I'm worth it. I'm better. I deserve I deserve to be seen, let's say. I, I became a perfectionist, always striving. You know, I always felt mm -hmm. like I need to do better to be accepted in this society, in this country. And um, yeah, that made me really like, yeah, losing touch with myself, being very restless, aggressive, very emotional, not mm -hmm. taking care of myself, always pushing myself to the limits. Like, yeah. And I think the first change really happened when I started moving to other countries. When I moved to the UK in 2004, that was the first time things changed. Yeah, living in other countries, moving to Greece, coming to Amsterdam. Amsterdam was a, I had to smile when you say this is the place I consider home mm -hmm. um, because I have like a pre-Amsterdam life and an Amsterdam life. Amsterdam changed me a lot, not just the city, but also, of course, yeah, my children, my partner, the people I met, a, a lot of different things. And academia also helped me a lot studying. I love to study, like going mm -hmm. to university already in Germany because I suddenly, yeah, it, I felt empowered and the people I was surrounded with, my professors, the knowledge that I was being given and also reading about certain things like, for instance, racism and knowing that the things that I felt were true, mm -hmm. like there are words for it, there are theories around it. It's not just in my head, you know? Yeah. 
Um, so that also changed me certain friendships, a different way of looking at, at faith, my partner, my children, this podcast, and also learning to be vulnerable, you know, to, to open up because I was always, okay, don't talk about this. These things don't share, don't trust. You have to be strong. Strong means you have to be perfect. You don't cry. You don't. Yeah. And all this uh, to, to overcome all this has been a very beautiful journey. And yeah, it helped me to grow closer to who I am. And of course, as I said before, it's not linear. Eh? You have flashbacks that push you down again. And for me, for instance, one of the areas that I'm still struggling with is self-care <laughs> because mm. I'm still like, okay, I'm doing this and doing that and go for it. And I love the things that I'm doing, but I also need sometimes to, to pause. You need to cocoon sometimes. Exactly. <laughs> Definitely. That's why I love this part of the butterfly because I'm still not in the cocoon. But yeah, so this is a little bit um, yeah. about myself. Yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing, Stella. And it's really amazing to see how, yeah, you talk about a lot of things. Yes. I ask you for one programming, but actually <laughs> there were a lot. Yeah. And to see how you now look back at this programming and you translate it into, uh, yeah, giving also room to women in this podcast to talk about uh, the things that maybe in the past you were struggling with. And now you see that how, yeah, what a big change it can make when you transform that and uh, and also share because this is actually what you're doing now with this podcast and I uh, yeah I really admire you for that and uh, yeah if you tell me about the women woman that you were back then and I see who you are now that I'm really privileged to uh, yeah to link with uh, I can see that you have done your work yeah <laughs> you. beautiful thank Still you for sharing it. <laughs> hey it's yeah. ongoing process definitely yeah. yes yes Yes, so we are at the end of the podcast. And uh, of course, we always finish with honoring somebody. And um, yeah, today I want to honor love with uh, everything oh, we talked about love wow. and above all self-love. And I want to finish with a poem by, Na by Naira Waid. I've mentioned her already a few times in my podcast. I love her work. I love her, her poems. And she says, I love myself. The quietest, simplest most powerful revolution ever wow wow yeah that's it yes so thank you miriam beautiful way to end this podcast thank you thank stella you. it was my pleasure yes and of course i will upload all your information on my social media my website and i want to thank everybody for listening and if you've been enjoying this episode share it on your social media bring this knowledge to other people it might help them something that is loved is never lost i'm stella salieri and this is salt the podcast salt the podcast, Solve the podcast.